it was another dominant effort from the Las Vegas Aces. Who better to talk about the team one win away from the franchise's first ever WNBA championship than the Nexus Aces beat reporter Matthew Walter. It's a Bay Area love show here on the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. Let's go. Locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, hello, and welcome to the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. We want to thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And yes, it is Wednesday on the East Coast when Matthew and I are recording this year late Tuesday night out West where game two of the WBA finals is just a reminder. Lockdown wins basketball can be listened to for free on all platforms in which you download your podcast for audio listening purposes, but you can also find the video over on YouTube. My name is Alex Simon. I'm with Bay area news group. I have a fellow Bay area kid in Matthew Walter joining Matthew, our Las Vegas aces beat reporter. You are apparently covering a team that is rolling over the WNBA to an extent in which I thought was not possible this season with how diverse the talent is. But the Las Vegas Aces have won five in a row between the semifinals and the finals and are now one win away from a WNBA championship after defeating the Sun today, 85 to 71, as we record this on Tuesday night what just what is your takeaway from what you just witnessed tonight i think you know my favorite part is after game one becky hammond is talking to the media and you can see that like she's having a discussion with us it's just like you know we won game one we didn't play very well but you can see in her head there's these wheels turning she's like i'm already starting to think to game two all these things we're going to do differently all the stuff we're going to do da 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 and it just looked like everything clicked. Like from, from the jump, other than the jump ball, which was maybe the weirdest start to a game I've ever seen. After that <laughs> point, the rest of the game, it was not like a miscue. There was some mo- bad moments, some things that weren't 100%, but that's going to happen every basketball game. I would say for 90% of that game, the Aces looked like they were just controlling the style, the pace, exactly everything that they wanted to do. They did it in that game. At, for 90% of the game, and that's why they dominated the game, right? Things that Connecticut's good at. Points in the paint, they flipped it. Uh, rebounds. Connecticut did not out-rebound them by a whole heck of a lot. If not, I think it was tied on the glass. They did not get a ton of second-chance points. The Aces, everything that they struggled with in game one that gave Connecticut a chance to win the game, they flipped it on its head. And Connecticut wasn't any different than they were in game one. They didn't. DeWanna Bonner didn't start shooting the ball all that much better. They didn't. They got some good stuff from Courtney Williams, but it, it really was the exact same sort of performance from Connecticut in Game One to Game Two. And the Aces were just a whole another level better in Game Two than they were in Game One, and that's why they were able to dominate it for such long stretches. And just it was just such good play from everyone that was on the floor. Right, every player who contributed made big plays, had big moments, and just the growth of this team. Right, just to from where they were at the end of last season, losing to Phoenix to where they are now. And everyone says, oh, it's, you know, they're all really talented, but just the things that Becky Hammond has done have put this this team, this franchise in a position to win their first 
championship, and it's such a so interesting to see the growth. The Aces only trailed by two as the largest deficit that they had all game. The Suns' last lead in this game was eight to six, and after a little back and forth, Las Vegas pulled away pretty quickly in the first quarter, kept that distance at halftime after they played the second quarter to a draw. Connecticut really did get it a little close there in the third quarter, but over on our playback, which you can join us with for game three and every game the rest of the way at getplayback.com slash room slash the next. Howard Megdal pointed out that Chelsea Gray actually had to leave the floor at one point in this game after it looked like she may have tweaked her ankle, rolled it. She went back to the locker room, which they showed on the television broadcast I assume it was maybe just to put some like biofreeze, icy hot, some type of cooling substance to try to reduce the swelling, maybe wrap it up again before she came back out. But that was the moment. Connecticut was only down five when Chelsea left the floor. They were they had cut it to three earlier in the quarter, but it was five at that point where Chelsea grazed off the floor and Connecticut needed to make a move right then and right there. And Las Vegas actually extended the lead with Chelsea Gray off the floor in the third quarter, all the way up to 10. By the time she came back, they finished the quarter with a flurry, built the lead out all the way up to, I believe it was 14 at the end of the third. And that is where they remained at the end of the fourth after they played the fourth quarter to a draw. Uh, I just, there is so much about this game that for me is indicative of how multifaceted Connecticut is. Connecticut is having to deal with in terms of a Las Vegas team. They There's so many counter punches that the Aces could throw. And one of the ones I want to highlight specifically is Kelsey Plum, who I know uh, you, you've reported, or at least you've told me right before we started here, that there's an interesting quote from Asia Wilson about her. But Kelsey Plum's ability to adjust when her three-point shot just continues to not fall really impressed me tonight. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of talk had been made through the Seattle series and in the beginning of the series, just Kelsey Plum hadn't been herself. And if you think back way, way, way back to the beginning of the year, right, I think on this podcast between the two of us, I said, Kelsey Plum's going to be a dark horse MVP candidate. And you looked at me and you thought I was crazy. And now looking back on it, you know, I see did, did I think I was crazy? I didn't think that was crazy. You I thought just it was bold. It was bold. bold. But but looking back on it, right, she finished like third in MVP voting. Damn so, if you weren't right. Something I saw. And it's funny. You can tell Kelsey Plum has sort of this dual personality and she – you know, right? She she's known for barking at people, and you just sort of saw that disappear a little bit when she got into this little slump. And I guess between games one and two, Asia Wilson said, "I haven't seen KP. Like I'm not seeing KP, who I, I almost would describe as her alter ego, who shows up on the floor and plays with that hostile, aggressive, just get in your face kind of style that we know Kelsey Plum to have." And she went up to Kelsey. She just said, "Like you need to get your shit together." And that's just clearly it just is, you know, we got the KP tonight, not Kelsey Plum. We got KP because she did such a good job of taking whoever was guarding her off the bounce. They did a good job of spacing the floor to making lanes open. And she was like, okay, today I'm not going to settle. And you've seen a lot of times this year she settled and she'll hit those shots with the defender right on her where she'll make that three. But tonight she wasn't settling. She said, all right, I'm going to beat people off the bounce, take them to the basket. And it was a big reason why the aces, dominated the points in the paint and flipped that completely on his head versus game one. It also helps that Asia Wilson did the exact same thing, but Kelsey Plum did such a good... We'll get to Asia, don't you worry. But yes, to to emphasize your point about Kelsey Plum, she was still one for six from three on the night, 
So the, whatever is going on with her outside shooting, there still is definitely either maybe a crisis of confidence. There's a mechanical tweak. It, it's tough to truly know. And frankly, sometimes it's tough for the shooters to even know. You just yeah. sometimes got to keep firing. However, the point I will make is that she actually took more twos than threes tonight. She took 13 shots total, six from three, seven from two. She was six of seven from inside the three-point line. She was attacking the basket, just like you were saying, and especially feasting on this Connecticut defense with her athleticism. Yeah, and I think just to quickly jump on that three-point part, it wasn't just her tonight. Like Both teams from beyond the arc struggled to shoot the ball. Six of 26 for Vegas, three of 14 for Connecticut, both down in the low 20% yeah. range. And I think part of it with the three-point shooting for Kelsey Plum is I think when you're getting to this point in the season, somewhere you haven't been – you know, they've been to the finals, but they've never been in a situation where they're the favorites. You know, they're not the hunters. Now they're the hunted. And I think maybe she's just put a lot of pressure on herself, right? I need to be the one to do this. Something sure. that's happened to her in her career a lot. And maybe that's where it is. But tonight she's like, no, no, I'm just going to find my way. Like, okay. I don't care what it is. I'm going to get my points and I'm going to join the party because I've been struggling and I need to put it back together. It is also worth pointing out, by the way, in that regard, this is the longest season in WNBA history. 36 games, the most games ever. You've added additional playoff games. So last season for Las Vegas, they played five. They didn't have to play a first round. So last season, they ended up playing five games before they got knocked out. But they this season played six because they had a first round and a four game second round. So already, I mean, this is game 44 of the season for Las Vegas and Connecticut. I believe they played two extra games in the first round. So for them, this was game 46 because they went the distance in both the first and the second round. So this is their 10th playoff game already for Connecticut. In addition to the longest regular season, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's legs that are getting a little more tired than normal and tired legs usually mean you got to shoot with more arms and that's when you start missing shots. So that could very much be a factor. But one thing we know that is not a factor at all right now is that you have the opportunity to financially incentivize the Las Vegas potential title. And the best way to do that is to head to betonline.net. BetOnline, it's the number one source for all of your betting needs. Yeah, you can do, you know, pro football is back, college football is back, baseball is getting near the playoffs, the men's basketball league that I hear exists, I think it's called the NBA, that, uh, that league is coming up soon, but you know, the WNBA, you can go to bet online and bet on the Las Vegas Aces or the Connecticut Sun. Today, the Aces were a five-point favorite. And, well, if you decided that the Aces were the team you thought was going to win and you bet on them to win by five points or more, you did pretty well for yourself tonight. You can find all of the latest developments by heading over to betonline.net. Bet online where the game starts. And now, Steph Curry... Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked on in the Bet Online Odds Make Makers, excuse me, the Bet Online Odds Makers present the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting on September 19th. That's next Monday for those of you listening to this on Wednesday here. Find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we just heard that little Bet Online advertisement looking ahead to the NBA season. And I, I have the hottest of hot takes here right now. I think Asia Wilson's the best basketball player on the planet. Bar none. She has set a WNBA postseason record for the most consecutive games with 20 points and 10 rebounds, at least on each of those stat categories. She did it for the 
fifth consecutive game tonight with 26 points and 10 rebounds. Oh, by the way, 26 points on 10 of 13 from the field and six of eight from the free throw line. The most, one of the most efficient nights we've seen in the league history. I, I just, she, by the way, those five games in a row, all five aces wins. It's worth pointing out. She's just ascended to a level that we very rarely see. And especially doing it out of the post is mighty, mighty, mighty impressive. Yeah, she's just, she has become this sort of focused, different person after that game one loss to Seattle where she had a just absolutely horrendous basketball game, right? She played really poorly. And I remember I asked her after the game, after game two, I said, what, what for you has changed? Like what is different? And she said, I found Asia Wilson again. Like I, I wasn't myself. I wasn't being Asia. And now she is now she's doing all the things that got her her second MVP in three years. Now it's, it's just worth pointing out, by the way, she had been struggling even in that Phoenix series a little bit. The first game, she was two of 11 from the field, eight points against Phoenix. The second game was better seven of nine from the field as they blew the doors off of them. But that game you referenced three of 10 from the field, including of one, a single shot in the fourth quarter, eight points in the loss to Seattle. And since then, I mean, 33 points, 34 points, 23 points, 24, and now 26 to go with, Oh, by the way, 13 rebounds, 11, 13, 11, 10, like just stupid numbers. Well, and, stupid. The, and the thing you have to add in, look at the minutes she's playing per each game. She played can, all of not, four, not uh, all of not four minutes in the Seattle series. She played right. 38 in the first game that was lost, but then 38, all 45 in the overtime game, all 40 in game four, 38. She only, Oh, what a slacker Asia Wilson is. She only played 37 today. I, we, we gotta, we gotta call her fatigue queen out here. She's only playing 37 minutes. Just the things that she's doing while also playing for as long as she is. And Kurt Miller talked about it in the post game today, right? Like just, he has to tip his cap to just she's in such good shape to play this well for this long in games like this. Just it's just it's mind boggling. It's just the amount of that she's doing for the length of time for the stuff that she's doing, getting in the paint, being physical, playing offense, playing defense. It's just it's not something we've seen before in this game. And that's the point that kind of always lands with me. And that's kind of why I believe the statement that I make, as bold as it is, is fair. Asia never looks tired. We just recited the minute counts and the most she sat was the three minutes she got today because they were up 20 and yet she never looks tired. And that to me is why right now she's the best basketball player on the planet. I know Brianna Stewart put up a Herculean effort in that series to try to get those wins for Seattle. But like, this is another level even beyond that. And I don't care what NBA player you throw at me. I know you would probably say Stephen Curry who, did a very similar type of effort for the Warriors this season. Giannis Antetokounmpo is at that level, but like, holy God, what Asia is doing right now is, is something that I, I like want to make sure we are fully appreciating it as it happens because it is this magnificent. Yeah. And I would say a lot of that goes to the fact that she didn't play overseas in the off season. You know, she took the time in the offseason to stay home, to work on her game, to get rest because she had the ability to do so, right? Because she's got 
some sort of some things that help her the ability to not have to go play overseas. Again, she respects all of her her fellow league mates to make that decision to go do that. But for her, just the time she got to spend with family, the time she got to reset, working on her body, being in great shape. I think because she didn't do that, a it took her a little while to get started into the season. But maybe she found her prime of the season later, right? And maybe that's what's allowed her to be in such good shape because she came in a little more rested and a little bit more in better, not in better shape, but just not as uh, much wear and tear on her body. Yeah. And it's just showing now in the playoffs that she's put herself in a situation. And to be honest, there's a lot of this Aces team, right? There's a young team. They, we call them, you know, they're all veterans, but this is a team with oldest players, like 28, 29 years old. This is a really young core group of players on this Aces team. And so they're built with legs, right? Kelsey Plum is, Known as one of the most like well fitness players in the WNBA, Angel Wilson doesn't look tired. Like to play three on three, you kind of have to be able to have a relentless career that way. Jackie Young is the same way, right? She doesn't want to come out of the game. She just isn't as vocal. Chelsea Gray has just become this outstanding player in this postseason. Not to say she wasn't great, but she's become to just another level. And when you have these four horses, right, Plum, Gray, Wilson, and Young in your starting lineup saying, okay, they're all what 28 or younger, go try to beat us. It's really, really difficult when they're playing at their best level and Connecticut right now just doesn't seem to have the horses to keep up. I certainly would uh, not. It's not very difficult to argue, especially with one win to go with the way they've been looking that this might be one of the best basketball teams in terms of on-court quality that we've ever seen in the WNBA. You know, obviously they didn't set a wins record. Like at one point it looked like they were on potential too. I'm sure I said something bold on a podcast early in the season that like, could they be the first WNBA team to 30 wins? And they had their slumps during the season. But if anything, perhaps those in-season slumps gave them a chance to kind of get challenged and challenge themselves internally. And I think the anecdote you told us earlier about Asia going up to Kelsey, there's plenty of teams that if, a, if especially with, you know, two very high-minded but more so like people who have strong egos, you can't have a, you know, it's very rare to find somebody without a strong ego and a strong sense of self. You know, if a superstar came up to you and said that, that could be taken the wrong way by some people, but perhaps it's a sign of their strength of their relationship, the strength of the culture they have there. And just kind of who Asia is that she can go up to another player, another key player on the team, say that and not have it land poorly but have it instead do the exact thing she's hoping it can do yeah and that speaks i think a lot to asia's leadership that's grown so much over this over this last couple of seasons right she's really becoming more of the vocal leader and there was that point in game one right they showed it i think on the tv broadcast in tonight's game where she sort of yelled at her teammates and that's something we don't normally see from asia wilson she's a very stoic very calm player and at one huddle, she was like, no, like, guys, we got to do this. We need to keep following Chelsea's lead, and we got to do these things. And she's just grown so much as a leader that her teammates respect her so much that whatever she says, like, this is the leader. This is the person we put our, our, our we've attached our, our hook to, and we're going to let them lead us and pull us down the road. And I think, you know, she's grown in that way so much that it doesn't really cause any issues, right? This is a team that you look at them when they, when they're together, this, this is a group that loves being together. They have a lot of fun. They do so much. Like even just when they're in the press conferences, no matter who the two or three of them that are there are, it's always a good time. There's always laughter between not just them, but like everybody in the room, right? It's fun. It's light. It's, it's, it's energetic. And, and it's just, they bring everybody together and bring 
so much energy to the group that I think her leadership at the top fit is good. And as we kind of look ahead to game three here, obviously the aces now have three chances to win one game, right? You know, you, you go all the way into the far nether regions and the far, you know, hinterlands of Uncasville, Connecticut. Uh, I, I joke, it is not easy to get there, but it will certainly be something they're used to. Uh, but to get to Connecticut, they, they only have to win once now and the sun have to win twice to force the trip back to Vegas, you know? The, the Aces know they'll be going back to Vegas, but it's either you go back for a game five if you've lost two, or you're going back with a trophy and a title. So at this point, through two wins and one win away, I would say it is rather clear that Asia would be the finals MVP if the series were to end and they perform similarly. Can you talk me off of that or at least try if there's another option in your mind? I could talk you off of it, but I wouldn't agree with my own opinion. I mean, a lot of people with just the kind of shots that Chelsea Gray has made in this postseason sure. will make an argument for her. But I think you go back to the point of five straight 2010 games that no one else has ever done. You go to the offense and defense. She had that blocking game one on Dewana Bonner that was just absolutely ridiculous because she was coming on down as Bonner's going up. And I, I, I want to add, by the way, the stats don't necessarily – all 10 rebounds tonight were defensive. She only had one block. But if you watch the film tonight, the help defense that she put on tonight was an absolute clinic. I want to add that to the Asia love in there because she was just unbelievable as a help defender and forcing Connecticut into bad shots or bad passes or turnovers that don't go on her stat sheet but were very much because of her defense. Yeah, and she does such a good job, I think, if you look at it right – to me, the other thing that is really well known, and I don't know exactly how many fouls she had, but she does a great job of defending without fouling. She mm -hmm. sticks her arms up. She uses her length to her advantage. She's really smart at just going, okay, I'm going to wall up. You have to score over me. If you don't, she and she gets up so high for her rebounds. There were a couple times tonight where I saw somebody go for a rebound and Asia just out jumped John Quill Jones and Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas. John Quill Jones, by the way who is, I believe, four inches taller than Asia, according to what they list each for their heights. So not not an insignificant out-jumping, if that is yeah. the case. Yeah, and she just uh, she battles with every person that she plays against, at, you know, for every little thing. And, oh, by the way, she goes down the other end and is efficient on offense and scores the ball at will and gets to the free throw line. She just she checks all the boxes, and it makes it really hard to make an argument for anybody else to win that finals MVP that's not named Asia Wilson. I think if this were more like hockey with their postseason and the MVP was not specific to the finals, but was for the entire postseason, the way that what is called the Conn Smythe Trophy is awarded, it's not just for that specific championship round, but it's for the whole postseason, it would be a closer conversation because Chelsea Gray was so unbelievable at the start of the playoffs in the Phoenix series and basically hasn't had a bad game the way that you could argue Asia has. But Asia has just been so unbelievably incredible in these two games in particular, especially against a team that you otherwise would think matches up pretty well with Asia specifically. They have good post players and Asia is just making them look like they're ordinary when we know we're not, they're not. Connecticut is a fantastic basketball team and Asia is almost toying with them at times with how good she is. Right Another now. quick thing to add, she's also been guarded by the second and third finishers for defensive player of the year in the last two series. And Alyssa Thomas 
and Brianna Stewart. So she's putting up these numbers against people who she beat for defensive player of the year. So it just, almost it just adds like, to she should be awarded the award. It almost sounds like she's playing like the best player on the planet. I've got you close to don't I? I can see that look. It's, it's close. Podcasting is a visual medium right here. I can see that look. I've I've got you close. Your yeah, your fandom close. on the men's basketball side seems to be it's, it's impeding it's just barely. It's 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 very close. You're you're not far off. Well, when Asia drops 30, 20, and 10 blocks in game three, like she very well could. I guess you never know. I say it now. If she does it, you guys know where you heard it first. But whatever Asia does, whatever the Aces just did in game two, whatever they continue to do, please be sure to check out our Matthew Walters. Incredible coverage of this Aces team. Matthew, where can the people find you and your work and maybe even give them a little bit of a teaser as to what they're going to read out of game two? So all of my work is at thenexthoops.com uh, where, you know, we're winding down our WNBA season, but that doesn't mean basketball is over. College is right around the corner. You'll get more West Coast basketball. Hey, and before that, we've got the World Cup. I know a few coaches who are rooting for the Aces in game three to end the series and get players down to Australia sooner. Just saying. Yeah, that, that's true. But more, if you want more West Coast basketball, give me a follow. I'm on Twitter at MatthewWalter96. And there will probably be a story out tomorrow about points in the paint and whether a certain number 22 should be MVP for the series. Well, what is tomorrow for us on the West coast, the best coast I'll say, and shoot a little wink at our emperor overlord, Howard Megdal here. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is Wednesday for people over on the East coast. So that might mean they're reading it today as they listen to this. That that would be true. Uh, I've been Alex Simon hosting today as another fill in for Howard as he gets some rest and gets ready to head to Connecticut for game four. And don't forget, folks, you will be able to listen to the Lockdown Women's Basketball Podcast reaction show after game three, which will be recorded by Howard Megdal and whoever else he decides to include live from Mohegan Sun Arena after game three. It could be something where they have to smell like champagne as they record it because, you know, podcasting is a sensual podcast you can smell through a podcast you might be able to smell the champagne if the aces win if not they'll get to preview a game four on sunday afternoon and get to do this all over again on sunday it will be a delight please be sure to stick with us here at locked on women's basketball you can also check out locked on nba we've got so much going on join us thursday night at getplayback.com slash room slash the next to watch game three with us here this has been the Lockdown Women's Basketball Podcast, WNBA Finals Recap, Reaction, and oh my goodness, Asia Wilson. That's all we've got to say to end it. Asia Wilson. <laughs>